Have you ever tried to buy a gift for someone who has everything and needs nothing? I don't know about you, but that can be very difficult to find that perfect gift for the people you love who need nothing, really want nothing, or, and have everything. And so I heard a story one time about a man who felt that way about his father. He wanted to get his father the perfect gift, but the problem was the man ever had everything, needed nothing, and really wanted nothing. But he wanted to show his daddy how much he loved him, and so he was searching for the perfect gift at Christmas time. And he happened into his local pet store just a, about a week before Christmas. And when he walked in, he saw right out in the middle of the, of the store there a great big cage with a parakeet in it. Just one parakeet. And the parakeet was beautiful. It was brightly colored, really a bright yellow with that uh, royal blue speckles going down at wings. And so he kind of liked the parakeet. And he asked the store owner, he said, sir, how much are you asking for the bird, for the parakeet? And he said, well, it's $10,000. And he looked at him like he was crazy. And he said, man, I can buy a whole truckload of parakeets for $10,000. He said, oh, not like this parakeet. There's something special about this parakeet. You see, this bird can speak five different languages. Not only can it speak five different languages, it can sing Sweet Home Alabama while standing on one leg. And he said, there's no way. He said, oh, yeah. So he pulls the bird out and they start talking to it. And sure enough, he can speak five different languages. Not only does he speak five different languages, he strikes up a chord on the jukebox for Sweet Home Alabama and the bird sings every word of it standing on one leg. And he's amazed. He thought, man, he's right. And my dad has to have this. If there's one thing he don't have as a, as a parakeet that can sing Sweet Home Alabama. So he put down the money, 10 grand, right there on the spot. He was fired up. He was excited because he knew his dad was going to love it. And so he made all the shipping arrangements and shipped it to his dad. And he couldn't wait for Christmas morning to call his father and see how he liked it. So Christmas morning finally came. And the first thing he did, as soon as he got up, is call his dad. And he said, Dad, I'm just wanting to know how your Christmas is going. He said, oh, it's going well, son. He said, how'd you like my gift? He said, I love the gift. That's the most beautiful bird that I've ever saw. And it didn't look half as good as it tasted. <laughs> now see, what was wrong with that father is sometimes wrong with us. We don't realize the value of the gift that's been given. And right now, in the season that we're entering into, the Christmas season, is the time of the year when we celebrate the gift God gave us in the person of his son. That unspeakable gift that we read about just a little, little bit ago in 2 Corinthians chapter number 9. That gift that is beyond words, that is so amazing, so powerful, that we have a hard time describing it. I love Stephen Curtis Chapman. He had a song years ago that still rings true today. And he said, all I have is 26 letters to tell the world how good the Lord is. All I have is 26 letters to tell the Lord how much I love him. And that's all we have really is 26 letters that we put together and form words to tell about how good God is. And sometimes those 26 letters, they're just not enough. This gift is true. Truly unspeakable. We, we can't even describe it with our words how good it is. And we celebrate that gift in this time of year. It's my favorite time of year. I love it. But what I don't want us to do as your pastor, what concerns me more than anything else is that we don't recognize and realize the value of the gift that's been given because we get so caught up in everything else. 
We, we don't realize what God has truly done for us in the person of his son. So in these next four weeks, what I want to do is just go through the Christmas story. And we're going to talk about four different things. First of all, we're going to talk about the salutation of the angels. We're going to see that this morning. Then next week, Lord willing, we'll be talking about the simplicity of the shepherds. And then the next week, we're going to talk about the service of the wise men. And then the fourth Sunday, right before Christmas, we're going to be talking about... Um, the uh, salvation of the world when we do our Christmas communion. So you be much in prayer for that as we go through the Christmas story this week. Now, this morning, I want us to see the salutation of the ship, of the angels. Excuse me. Look there in Luke chapter number 2, and we're just going to start in verse number 1. And I want to read for you down through about verse number 10 or 11 there. Let's, let's start in verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea into the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be taxed with the Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. So as it was, that while they were there, there were days accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said to them, now listen to this salutation, listen to what he says when the angel speaks there to the shepherds. I love it. He says, fear not first, for behold, I bring you good tidings, good news of great joy, which shall be to all people. I love that. And then he says in verse 11, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. How many of you are thankful for a Savior this morning? How many of you are thankful that what we needed, God gave us? How many are thankful when we had no hope and we were lost and undone, condemned to a devil's hell? God did for us in the person of his son what only he could do. He sent a savior. That's what I needed. And that's what you need. That's what the world needs. And this is the message we've got to get out at Christmas time. God sent a savior. It is truly good news. Watch what else. Listen. He says, for unto you that is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. How good you are to us. Thank you, Lord, for giving us what we needed. Lord, when I could do nothing for myself, you came and did for me what I couldn't. And Lord, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful this morning for mercy and for grace. And Lord, today I need mercy and I, and I need grace I'm unworthy to speak this truth. I'm unworthy to serve you. But I know that you've done a work in my heart that only you can do. And I'm asking you now, Lord, that you would remove anything from me that might hinder me from doing what you want me to do. I never want to be a hindrance, Lord. I want to be a help. If there's any sin unconfessed that I hadn't repented of, Lord, I pray you remove it right now. I pray, God, that you would have your way and your will in me to do your work in this service. Not because of who I am, for I am nothing, but because of who you are, because you alone 
are worthy of honor, glory, and praise. You alone are worthy of worship. And God, may we give it to you today in everything we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The salutation of the shepherds, or excuse me, of the angels to the shepherds is such an amazing thing. The first thing that we see uh, there in verse number um, 10 is the two words, fear not. Listen what Warren Wiersbe says about the message, fear not, that the angels give to the shepherds and to us. He says, fear not is one of, if not the key term of the Christmas story, and I believe that to be true. If there's a message that we need, especially this Christmas, it's the message of fear not, because from what I see in the world I live in, from where I see it, Fear is running rampant. Fear is ruining people's lives. Fear is controlling people's thought processes. And so we need this message now, I believe more than ever. The angel said, fear not. But they didn't just say it here in Luke chapter number two. They said it in Luke chapter one, verse 13. When he came to the, when the angels came to the shepherds, they said, fear not. For we're bringing you some good news. When the angel Gabriel came to Mary in Luke, or excuse me, to Zechariah in Luke 1.13, he came and spoke to him about his son, an answer to his prayer. The Bible says in Luke chapter 1 that Zechariah was in the temple praying for a child because him and his wife didn't have one. And the angel appeared and said, Fear not, your prayer has been heard and answered. The angel spoke to Zechariah about a boy, about his child in Luke 1.13, but he spoke to Mary about her pregnancy, uh, the, 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 the bringing forth the, the Lord Jesus in Luke chapter 1 and verse number 30. When Gabriel came to Mary, what did he say? Mary, fear not for this child within you. It's going to be conceived by the Holy Spirit of God. Can you say amen to that? How many of you know Jesus was born perfect so that he might live perfect, so that he might be the sinless son of God that sacrificed himself upon a cross for me and for you. If he wasn't born perfect, he couldn't live perfect. If he didn't live perfect, he couldn't be the Lamb of God. And if he wasn't the Lamb of God, he couldn't shed his blood. And if he didn't shed his blood, then we're all still hopeless and helpless. We're all still condemned. Because the Bible says that it's because of the blood our sins are washed clean. Praise the Lord for the sinless Son of God who was virgin born. Gabriel said, Mary, fear not. God's about to do a work in you that will change the world. God's about to do a work that only he can do to do for men what they can't do for themselves. Luke 174, Zechariah sings a song to the Lord and he asks in this song that God would allow uh, the, the, the nation of Israel, the Jewish people, to serve him without fear and to conquer their enemies. We don't only see it in Luke chapter number one and chapter number two, the, the message of fear not. We also see it in Matthew 120. In Matthew 120, the Lord sends Gabriel to Joseph and he speaks to Joseph about the Lord Jesus who is coming. And he said, Joseph, fear not. It's God that's doing this work. This is not of man, but of God. I'm telling you, one of the key, if not the central theme of the Christmas message is fear not. And we need it. I need it. You need it. I've heard it said that throughout the word of God, there are at least 365 fear nots. Now, I've never read all of them myself. I've never counted all of them. 
but it would make sense that God would give you a fear not for every day of the year. Now, now listen to me, folks. I, I want to talk just a moment to the blood bought. Do you hear me, Christians? I want to talk just a moment to the born again, to the beloved, to the, those who are in the body of Christ, to those who know that you've trusted in Jesus and been born again into the family of God. I want to talk to you just a moment. Do you understand and realize this morning that you don't have to fear? You don't have to be crippled by fear. You don't have to be controlled by fear. Do you realize this morning you have a God that is able? Do you realize this morning that God has commanded you not to live your life out of fear, but to live your life trusting in Him? Do you know it? Do you know you don't have to fear death, first of all? Praise the Lord for that. How many of you know we've all got an enemy? And the enemy that we all have as human beings is death itself. Hebrews 9.27 tells us plainly that it is appointed unto man once to die. I have an appointment with death and so do you. And there ain't none of us getting out of here alive. Unless the Lord tarries, we're all going to face, or if the Lord tarries, we're all going to face death. We're all going to have to face that enemy. But I'm thankful this morning, as a child of God, as a believer, as the one who's been born again by faith in Jesus, I want you to know I don't have to fear it. And you don't have to fear it. Let me give you some scriptures that the Apostle Paul gave to us by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, in verse number 8, that for the believer to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. You know what that means? For the believer, for the blood bought, for the born again, all death is is changing addresses. My last breath upon this earth will be followed by my first breath in His presence. To be absent from this body, this earthly home, is to be present with Him in my heavenly home. Heaven is going to be amazing for many different reasons. We've all heard about the streets of gold. We've all heard about the gates of pearl. We've all heard about all the things that, that excites us about heaven. Well, let me tell you the best thing about heaven. The best thing about heaven is I will be with Jesus. And I will be unhindered by this flesh and this world that hinders me so much right now. I'll be unhindered by Satan, by sin, by the stuff this life brings, and I will forever be with the Lord. We are in a constant state of need here. Do you agree? If you don't believe you're in a constant state of need, have you some kids? They always need something. Oh, I love them. I'm glad to do what they need. I'm not saying that, but they're always needing something. You get up in the morning. Daddy, I'm hungry. We'll go get you something to eat, baby, in just a little while. Well, what happens about at lunchtime? Well, they need again. Something to eat, something to drink. Then they grow up and get driver's license. Then they need gas money. Then, then they, they, they grow on up and they have kids themselves and then they need a babysitter. We're in a constant state of need. Tomorrow, I'm going to have to, I need to go to work. Let me tell you why. Because if I don't work, I don't eat. 
And so I, I know tomorrow what my plans are. I've got to go and provide for my family. And I'm glad, I'm thankful that I get to do that. But we're in a constant state of needing or having to do something while we're here. Because if we don't, we're not going to live life like we want to live life. If the paycheck don't come in, if daddy and mama don't bring home the bacon, then nobody eats. Bills don't get paid. Shoes don't get bought. Gas don't get put in the car. So we're in a constant state of needing, having to do something here. How good is it going to be in heaven to never need to do anything? You don't have to worry about what you eat, where you live. You don't have to worry about sickness. That's pretty good, isn't it? Because all of us, to some degree, right now, we're a little bit worried about sickness. You don't have to worry about pain. You don't have to worry about relationships succeeding or failing. You ain't going to have to worry about the cares that sometimes cloud our minds and our hearts while we're living right now. I'm going to tell you something. I don't have to fear death because to be absent from this body is to be present with Jesus. Wow. The Bible says, Philippians chapter 1, and I think it's verse number 21. Brothers, if you will, please put that on the screen for me. Philippians 1, 21, Paul says, For me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. He goes on to say, It's better for you, speaking to the church that he's writing to, the church of Philippi. He's saying, It's better for you that I stay here, but it's better for me that I go on and be with Jesus. Well, praise the Lord. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not morbid, and Paul's not morbid either. He's not saying that he welcomes death or wants death. And I'm not saying that. I love life. How about you? I love doing what I do. I love having my family. I love having my church family. I enjoy what God has done and what He is doing in my life. I want to spend as much time as I can enjoying this gift of life that God has given me. I want to see my kids grow up, praise the Lord. I want to see my grandkids, my great-grandkids, my great-great-grandkids, my great-great-great-grandkids if it's possible. I want to see all of them grow and see what God does in their life. I want to spend at least 60 years with my wife, at least that long. I want to see what God continually does right here in this church, in this ministry. I want to experience all of that. Praise God that we get to experience and enjoy life. So I'm not saying that I want death or I welcome death. I'm just saying I don't have to fear death because I'm ready for it. And you don't have to fear death. Isn't that good? A wise man once said, no man is truly ready to live until he or she is ready to die. If you're not ready to die, it's going to completely hinder how you live. And fear will be a constant. You say, Brother, how do you know that? I know that because I was once there myself before I had trusted in Jesus and I knew I wasn't ready to meet, meet the Lord. I'd lay and wake at night and literally tremble because I knew if I didn't wake up 
the next morning, I wasn't ready for death. I feared death. That fear was controlling to a large degree. I'm thankful this morning I no longer have to fear death because Jesus, who is my Savior, He's the resurrection and the life. I'm thankful for the promise of the Word of God to the believer that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I'm thankful for the promise that to live is Christ, but to die, oh, it's gain. I'm thankful that's been real to me because of my relationship with the Lord Jesus himself. Believer, you don't have to fear death, but let me tell you something else. You don't have to fear life either. Have you ever heard me say, I won't keep saying it, and I hope you've heard it. Have you ever heard me say, I've got peace for living and peace for dying? You may tell you what I mean by that. Folks, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, next month, next week, next year. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen politically. We don't know who, right now who's going to be the president for sure. I mean, there's a whole lot of debate going on right now, and I'm just praying the will of God be done. That's what I want you to pray for too. You just pray for God's will because God's will is the best way. Now, God, God puts people in power and takes people out of power for many different reasons. But you know what I'm trusting? God's will is the best way, and I'm just asking for him to do that. You, you do that too. I, I don't know what's going to happen politically. I'm just glad that my hope, my trust is not in a political candidate. It's not in a political party. It's not in a political platform. Nothing wrong with a child of God being involved in politics. You ought to be involved in politics. That's a great blessing. That's a great gift. We need some godly men and women involved. We need godly men and women to go to the voting booth and vote their convictions. All of that's great. All of that's wonderful. But I'm just telling you, that's not where my hope lies. Because all of that stuff will fail you. Every bit of it. My hope doesn't lie in those things. I don't know what's going to happen politically. I don't know what's going to happen internationally with countries around the world that are for us and against us. I don't know what Russia's going to do in the next three or four years. I don't know what China's going to do. I don't know what Iran's going to do. I don't know what North Korea's going to do. I don't have a clue. I don't know what's going to happen individually in my life. <laughs> None of us do. I was talking to a gentleman just last week. He lost his job. His company, because of the pandemic and the shutdown that happened back in March, their business had pretty much just went under. And he, he, he was talking to me last week asking me to pray for him. Now, he had no idea January 1 what was going to happen March 1. He, he didn't know that his whole business that he had built from the ground up was going to be decimated. He had no idea. But I wanted to encourage him and I want to encourage you. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says in the book of Psalms that the psalmist said that he's never seen the righteous begging for bread. Somebody will shout glory right there. I'm going to say it again because you must have missed it. He's never seen the righteous begging for bread. What's that mean? God meets the needs of his children. Not always our wants, but he certainly meets our needs. I had rather have a porterhouse steak, but if God gives me beanie weenies, I'm going to be thankful for the beanie weenies. I had rather have 
a lot of things, but be thankful for what God has given and met needs where he's met needs. And God is so good. God is so gracious. I've got a whole lot of wants that I certainly don't deserve. How about you? There's one thing I love about this past week, man. We've had time to sit around and think about just how good God is. Let me give you the greatest get-rich-quick scheme ever. Start counting your blessings. Just look around your home this evening and start counting all the blessings that God's given you. God, thank you for that TV because I got to watch Alabama beat Auburn last night. Praise the Lord for that. Thank you, Lord, for that couch. It ain't much, but it's mine. It gives my kids a place to sit. Thank you for this nice, comfy recliner. Praise the Lord for it. Lord, thank you for that food in the cupboard. Thank you for these healthy babies. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for my church. Lord, thank you for saving my soul. Oh, God, you've given me joy unspeakable. Peace that passeth all understanding. Purpose to live a life pleasing unto you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for that old car in the driveway. Thank you for my job I get to go to tomorrow. See, there's a lot of people praying for the life you've got. You ought to be thankful. Praise God. I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know what's going to happen individually, politically, internationally. I don't know. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but folks, listen to me. Don't miss it. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. I know he's able. Let me give you three reasons why that, this blesses my soul. Number one, he's my daddy. Something, something special about daddies, ain't they? So thankful for my daddy, physically speaking. Oh, he's a great man. He's loved me and my brothers. My mama raised us up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Taught us what it meant to be a man by example. I'm so thankful for him. Something special. But he, he wasn't just a provider. He wasn't just a protector and all that's important. But he was a daddy. He was an encourager. He, there was times when hey, I'd come to him not knowing what to do. And he didn't judge me and he didn't beat me over the head with what he thought I needed to do. He just sat down and logically explained to me why this is the best way. And he did it out of love. And I knew it was out of love. Praise God for daddies. Let me tell you something, men. Be a good father. Be that provider, that protector. Be that leader in the home that God wants you to be. But be a good daddy. Be willing to sit down and just be yourself with your kids. Don't be afraid to laugh at yourself. Nobody's that important that you can't laugh at yourself. If you make a mistake, just tell them you made a mistake. They need to hear that. Because guess what? There's going to be a time when they make a mistake. You don't want them to have a warped sense of who you are. You're not perfect. They, need, they know it. <laughs> you may not know it, but they do. Right? So just tell them, hey, I'm, I've blown it here. I'm, I'm sorry. I've got to do that all the time. Something special about a daddy now. This is the good stuff. Listen, I had a fantastic physical father in the flesh. I'm so thankful for him. But he's not perfect. There are no perfect fathers. But my Bible says, now that I've been born again into the family of God, now I have God himself as my father. 
Are you hearing that? Are you getting a hold of that? That goes even further. Romans 8, 15, For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Everybody say Abba. Let me tell you what Abba means, Daddy. Daddy. He's my Daddy God. Is He my provider? Absolutely, He's Jehovah Jireh. Is he, my, is he my healer? He's Jehovah Rapha, absolutely. Is he my righteousness? He's Jehovah Sidkenu, absolutely. Is, is he uh, my, my banner, the, the one that goes before me in the battle? He's Jehovah Nisi, absolutely. He's all of those things, but he's also daddy. He's the one I can come to when I can't talk to nobody else about it. Y'all have some stuff like that, don't you? Some stuff that really bothers you and worries you and Tears your heart out that you don't know how to fix. And, and no, you can't talk to nobody else because nobody else is really going to understand where you're coming from. Well, guess what? God knows and he understands and he wants to hear from his children. He's daddy God. And he says he's always ready to listen to his children. First John 5, 14 says, We are confident that if we ask anything in accordance to his will, he hears us. Daddy God. Can I tell you this too? He loves you right where you are. No doubt about it. But can I also say this? He loves you too much to leave you where you are. He wants to see you keep growing in grace and knowledge, holiness. He wants, to see, he wants to see you becoming more and more and more like our supreme example, the Lord Jesus himself. Do you know he's continually at work in your life in good things and bad things to accomplish his good will for you? We are confident that he which hath begun this good work in us will perform it on the day of redemption, Philippians 1.6. Do you know that? I don't have to fear life because I got a daddy God who loves me. But let me tell you something else. Not only is he my father and he loves me, he never changes. Hebrews 13, 8 says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, tomorrow, and forever. He hadn't changed. He hadn't changed. Praise God. You said, Brother, I thought you were talking about our Heavenly Father. Why'd you say Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, tomorrow, and forever? Well, they're the same. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, one God who reveals himself in three persons to us and ministers to us. Wow. He hadn't changed. The same sea-splitting, star-breathing, dead-raising God that we read about in the pages of the Scripture is who I call Daddy. You getting me? Let me tell you this. He's able. I don't have to fear what life brings me because he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask or think according to the power that works in us, Ephesians 3.20. So, Brother Israel, what if you get sick? Well, probably will. We, we all get sick in these bodies. I don't want that. I'm going to do everything I can to keep from, from being sick in any way. I, I get that. But I'm going to tell you something else. Whatever sickness gets me, 
ends me, I'm still a winner. Still. See, I've prayed for sick people that's got better, and I've prayed for sick people that got worse and died. But those I prayed for healing for that died in Jesus, now they're completely healed. Well, praise the Lord. Are you seeing how good it is to know him? Are you seeing how this completely defeats fear? Folks, I don't have to fear death. I don't have to fear life. I've got peace for both. Because Jesus came. This is the message of the angels. Fear not. Fear not. Let me give you something else. Not only did they say fear not, they said this is good news to all people. Do you see that there in Luke chapter 2? What does he mean when he says it's good news to all people? Every nationality, it's good news. American people, it's good news. Cuban people, it's good news. Hey, English people, it's good news. Australian people, it's good news. Chinese people, it's good news. All nationalities, all people across the world, it's good news. Listen to me. All religions, it's good news. Amen. I'm talking about the Christian faith, Baptist, Methodist, um, Catholics, non-denominationals, it's good news. You say, brothers, well, we know it's good news. I'm just telling you, there's a whole lot of good Baptists that just need Jesus. They need to hear the good news. There's a whole lot of Methodists that just need to be, need Jesus. They just need to hear, know the Lord. It's good news for them. It's good news for all of us. Praise the Lord. Every religion, every nationality. Let me tell you this. Every race of people, there ain't but one race. Y'all know that, don't you? There ain't but one. Do you know there's not a black race or a Chinese race or a Latino race or a white race? That's all hogwash. Man made that up. Let me give you some truth from Scripture. Acts 17, 26 says that we have all come from one blood. God has made one race. This message, this salutation of the angels, so this is good news to all people. White people, black people, brown people, yellow people. If they're purple people, it's good news to them too. Quit looking at all this stuff that don't even make any difference. The only color that really matters is the color of red. That's the blood shed for us. Amen. Don't get caught up in all that mess. Get caught up in this message. Fear not, I'm bringing you some good news to all people. Fred Luter is one of my favorite preachers in all the world. He always used to say, you know what all means, don't you? Do y'all know what all means? He said all in the Hebrew, it just meant all. And all in the Greek, it just meant all. And all in the Latin, it just meant all. And all in English, it just means all. It, it, what he's meaning here, it's good for all people. You say, oh, now, Brother Israel, you're sitting in here this morning. You say, it ain't good for me. You don't know who I am. You don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. Let me say something to you. Listen to me very plainly. You don't know who I was. You don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've done. I'm not proud of my past. I'm disgusted to a large degree by my past. Listen to me. God's grace is sufficient for all people. All people. Then he says something else. God sent us a Savior. 
which is cross the Lord. Cross the Lord. Let me give you a little bit of Bible study on that word Lord. That word Lord is translated in the Old Testament over 7,000 times. That word Lord is the Hebrew word Jehovah. Let me tell you why Jehovah is so powerful, why Lord is so powerful. When the Jewish scribes, see they didn't have printing presses back in the day. So they had scribes who would copy down scripture. And when the scribe came to the word Jehovah, you may tell you what they'd do. They'd put their pen down and go get a new pen. They'd throw that pen away just to write the word. When a Jew was reading the scriptures and they came to the word Jehovah, you know what they'd do? They wouldn't say it. They'd just bow their head and begin to worship the Lord. Let me tell you why. Because they reverenced and respected not only what the word was, who it represented. It's a big deal. So now listen, when the Bible is saying that Christ is Lord, what it's saying is that he is co-equal with the Father. Co-eternal with the Father. It is saying that God has sent himself in the person of that little bitty baby. Never think it's just about a baby in a manger. It's about God coming from heaven to do for us what we couldn't do. There's been a lot of babies who've grown up to be kings, but there's only been one king that came as a baby. Christ the Lord. God himself incarnate in the flesh. That's who he is. Do you believe it? That's who he is. Do you believe it? Now let me ask you. If you believe it, have you crowned him Lord in your life? Because this is where the rubber meets the road. Dr. J. Vernon McGee always said, if Christ is not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. It's pretty good, isn't it? It's true too. Let, Let me ask you. Is he the Lord of your time? Do you prioritize how you spend your time according to what God wants you to do? Because you should. Here the other day, uh, Thanksgiving morning, uh, that Wednesday evening, as a matter of fact, the Lord just really put something upon my heart. I just couldn't get, I love when God does that. He'll just start uh, birthing something in your spirit that you just can't get over, you know? Jeremiah said it's like that fire in his bones. I know what he's talking about because God just give you something. You just got to share it. I'm so thankful he's given me a church to share in. If, if, he, if he didn't, I don't know, I'd probably explode. Or my wife would get really tired of me. <laughs> she probably does anyway. But, but I'm just, <laughs> she, she hears these messages a lot of times before y'all ever hear them. But um, I'm, just, I'm just saying, 
the Lord just put something on my heart. And I called up Brother Nathan. I was like, hey, man, do you think we you come out tomorrow? I know it's Thanksgiving. I know it's a busy day for everybody. Could you come out tomorrow and, uh, and, and maybe put, we'll put something on, on Facebook Live, over the Internet, on SoundCloud? I, the Lord just put something on my heart. I know we ain't having church tonight, but I just got to share something. Yeah, man, I'll be there. What time? 9.30. All right, so we met at 9.30. We got done. I said, Brother, I'm so thankful that you came today to do this. I know there's a lot of other things you could be doing and you need to be doing with your family. Thank you for making a priority to come out and be a part of this, doing this for me, because you certainly don't want me doing any of that stuff up there. You know what he said? He said, oh, man, that's fine. Don't worry about it. Let's keep the main thing the main thing. I said, Glory. Glory. You know what that brother's saying? All that other stuff, it can wait if we get to serve Jesus. If I get to do something for the Lord, all that other stuff can wait. Not that anything that he's supposed to go do is bad. He's supposed to go eat some dinner with his family. Hey, he's supposed to go spend some time with people he loved the most and who loved him most. Praise the Lord for that. Nothing wrong with any of that. That's good stuff. But the main thing, we've got to keep the main thing. Nothing wrong with all the good stuff that you do. But if it hinders you from doing what God wants you to do, then if he's Lord of your time, I tell you what you better do. If you've got an opportunity to serve him, you better serve him. If he's Lord. If he's Lord. Is he Lord of your time? Is he, let me ask you this. Is he Lord of your talent? Because all of you got a talent. God's given you a spiritual gift, child of God. Are you using it for him? Are you using it for his glory? Are you working in his church? I've come to find out as a Baptist pastor that usually about 10% of the people do 90% of the work. And that's ridiculous. That's shameful. Let's get busy. God's given you a job to do, a place to do it in, and God's given you a gift by his power to help you do what he's called you to do where he's placed you. Are you getting me? Are you, is he Lord of your talent? Let me ask you this. Is he Lord of your treasure? Somebody define for me. Give me one word for worship. Can anybody give me one word for worship? Anybody? What about singing? That's a good word for worship. Praise. Good. What else? What about praying? Don't we worship through prayer? What about preaching? Do we worship through preaching? What about teaching? Do we worship through teaching? Witnessing. See, all of that are, it's really, an, it's, it's ultimately an act of worship. It really is. Let me give you another one, tithing. Do y'all know that tithing is just as much worship as any of those other things I mentioned? Matter of fact, the Bible says we shouldn't rob God because that tenth is His. Give it to Him. The truth is, 100% of it's His. All of it's his. What he's asking for is that tenth, that offering, that tithe. Now that's not the ceiling, that's just the floor. That's where we start, right? And then in God leads, we do more. So are you worshiping him with your, with your treasure? Jesus said, well, your heart is your, or where your treasure is, your heart will be also. So we gotta really make sure that he's Lord in all these areas. Is he Lord of your plans? You know, I've come to find out sometimes my plans are not God's plans. I forget who it was that said God laughs at the plans of men. That's true. 
My plans were completely different from my life. I'm telling you. But God had a different plan. I praise the Lord. I'm thankful He did. Is He is He is He God of your Lord of your purpose? You say, brother, what do you mean your purpose? Well, see, God knows why you do what you do. It's why you're doing what you're doing. Is it to honor and glorify Jesus? And that don't just stop in here with your praying and preaching and singing and teaching and working in the church. That's not just what I'm talking about. See, the Christian life permeates everything we do. Being a good father is worship unto the Lord, service to the Lord, ultimately. Being a good husband, being a good employee, all of that, all of that honors and glorifies Jesus. So we've got to ask ourselves, is he Lord of your purpose? Is he Lord? I told you before that for the child of God, for the believer, for the blood-bought, the born again, you have nothing to fear. You don't have to fear death. You don't have to fear life. The Bible says we've not been given the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Praise the Lord. If you don't know Jesus, I don't know how you're making it. In the current environment in the world that we live in, I don't know how in the world you're getting by. I would be laying awake at sleep every night. My goodness. With the things that we got going on. But I got good news for you. Today, today, you can trust Jesus as Savior. Today, you can overcome death, hell, and the grave. Today, through Christ, you can be born again into his family. Realize the peace of God, the joy of the Lord, and God can give you purpose. Purpose that makes a difference in the world that you live in. All of that is available in Jesus. You say, brother, you're just trying to scare me into getting saved. If I could scare you into getting saved, I would. Believe me. Matter of fact, if I thought I could hogtie you some way and drag you up to this altar and make you get saved, I would. Because it's that important. When I'm talking about getting saved, I'm talking about missing hell and gaining heaven. When I'm talking about getting saved, I'm talking about God changing your life. I'm talking about God, like I said, giving you purpose, peace, joy, power. I'm talking about Him doing something in your life that is amazing. What I'm talking about. So if I could hogtie you and get you up here and make you do it, I wouldn't. If I could scare you into it, I'd sure do it. But the truth is a decision you've got to make. I'm just telling you the truth. If you need the Lord, won't you trust Him today? If you have trusted Him, keep looking unto Jesus. The author and finish of your faith. Fear not. This good news is to all people. God has sent a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Everybody stand together. One of my favorite worship songs as of late is in Christ alone. Now I'm not going to sing it for you. That wouldn't be a blessing to you, but I do want to read it. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, and my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground,
firm through the fiercest, fiercest drought and storm. Isn't that good? 